0: morning. This is the energetic crowd, right? <laughs> uh, this is, normally I go to the early morning service, so this is the first chance I've got a, an opportunity to meet some some new faces, so it's really, we're blessed to have each and every one of you here this morning. We hope and pray that you're going to be touched and you're going to be blessed and you're not going to leave here the same way that you came in. I can promise you this, it doesn't matter what you're going through, and we all go through difficult times in our lives, and sometimes we're wondering, why is this, why am I going through this? But as you come into the door, I just ask you to lay it all down and say, God, you take control, and if you don't have to leave here the same way that you came in, I can promise you that. So I got the honor this morning to introducing Brother Hansi. Uh, I've known Brother Hansi for about 20 24 to 25 years. I mentioned in the first service, he actually did the dedication for my little girl, which is now 22, but she's still my little, I was talking with Scott earlier. This is still my little girl. She's 22. Brother Hansi did her dedication. And so he's been a, a, a blessing to my family, to many other families across America. He's from South Africa. So he has a little bit of an accent, but uh, he has a little bit, getting that little Texas draw a little bit, but he's working on it. But, Brother Hansi, if you would come forward.
1: Much, my brother. I appreciate that, man. I'm gonna to you, man. Love you. Yeah, I love you too, man. Well, thank you again for having me. I said, thank you guys for coming out. And uh, I hope you're going to enjoy the Word of God this morning. It's always difficult for us preachers to preach the same thing double because it's like, I wanna say, it, as I said in the first service, as I said in the first service, but you're gonna hear it for the first time now, there's some of you gonna hear it for the second time. Um, people like Colleen and Ali, they have to hear it two, three, four times, otherwise they, they, they don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Women are just like that. You just gotta keep on telling them all the time, all the time. And I can say that because my wife's not here, so that's why I'm I'm not worried now. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for the worship this morning. We give you all glory and honor and praise for it. Thank you that the anointing of God is here. Thank you this morning. We can praise you already in advance that you will touch people, heal people, save people, deliver people, whatever you want to do, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are ready to do that because you are in this house. Every one of us brought you in because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Thank you for your anointing and power, God. And as I bring the word of God, help me to pray preach through the Holy Spirit, and not from my flesh, and the people will listen with the ears of the Holy Spirit, and not from their flesh, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. All right, um, I, Mark, don't you want to do me a favor, just go and, go and give me two of those books, I want to give them away as well, I forgot to do that. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you a um, praise team a clap this morning, come on, that was great stuff. <clears throat> That was very good. I go to churches where they don't have praise teams, okay? Where they just got one lady playing the organ or they play with tapes and stuff. Nothing wrong with that. They can still worship. But honor the people that are up here. It's hard work being up here. And sometimes when they look at some of you worship, they think, oh, goodness, are we singing the right song? Because some of you just stand like this. Uh. Am I right? Uh, okay, I've been there. (laughs) Um, I want to talk to you about faith this morning, about having faith, but I just want to give you a short little testimony of how I applied my faith. Two years ago, I had a knot in my neck, went to the doctor, they uh, checked it out, and found out that it was throat cancer. And uh, you know that I'm a preacher and I sing, so having throat cancer is not a good thing. And they gave me, it was a stage four cancer, I didn't even mention that in the first service, stage four. So they give you 25% chance to live. Um, The first thing that it affected was not my body, it affected my mind. It affected my mind so much that I became fearful, I became angry, I was upset with everybody, everything. Um, I wasn't upset with God, thank heavens but I couldn't understand why I went through it, what did I do wrong, is there something, you know, because you start asking those questions and I quickly realized that as preachers, I pray for a lot of people that get sick and that have got cancer, that are busy dying, heart problems, etc., etc. And we never really realize that your mind is attacked as well. And most of you sitting here will sh- shake your head this morning and say, Now nah, I know what you're talking about. It's not just the sickness that attacks you, it's what goes on in your mind. Why? What? When? You know, and fear and anger and bitterness and Whatever the devil wants to put in your mind will come. So I realized next time I pray for somebody, I want to pray for your mind first, that God will change your mind. It took me about three days after they told me that I had cancer to get rid of all the fear and the worry and the stress and the what's going to happen to my wife. You know, what about the ministry? Um, I was angry with this and couldn't understand that. When I realized, oh my goodness, I cannot do this because my mind will kill me before the cancer kills me. I have to get out of this rut and I had to get back to my faith because guys, we need faith to get saved. We need faith to get healed. You need faith to overcome the world. You need faith to resist Satan steadfast. That's what the word says. You have to have faith in God. And come on, we live by faith as the righteous people, all right? We got to put our trust, our confidence in God, not in the government, not in money, not in preachers, not in evangelists. Yes, God uses people, but you don't put, never put your faith in a person or in anything but God, right? And you always believe and trust God that he's the one that's gonna help you because nothing is impossible for those who can believe, who has faith in God. Well, I had to go through some radiation and chemo and they gave me side effects if I take the treatment. This is the most invasive treatment you can get around your neck and your throat and your tongue. Um, it You can lose your teeth. Your voice will, you'll lose your voice, uh, you, you'll sound like this. You cannot sing or nothing. You lose your thyroid, a shot. You have sores inside of your mouth that you cannot swallow or, or, or eat anything. I lost about 30 pounds, which I needed to lose, but I mean, it was, it wasn't good. You could have, you can go half deaf, deaf. Um, they told me I'll have a red shine like a, like a, uh, a heavy suntan on my cheeks and my throat. And I said to the doctor, oh my goodness, you're telling me I'm gonna be a redneck now? <laughs> I, said, I said, man, I, I preach to rednecks. I don't wanna be a redneck. Um, but the treatment was so invasive that I thought to myself, nope, I'm not gonna live like it. I, don't want, I actually asked the doctor, all right, if I lose all my teeth, can I have dentures or implants? And they said, no. Your cheekbone, yeah, will be so soft and brittle from the radiation that you can't have implants or dentures. You'll be, no, no teeth. And nothing wrong with that, but I mean, I'll be talking like this right now. And I thought, no, 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 that's not me. I would not be able to handle that. And my wife agreed with me. I said, well, I'm not taking the, the uh, treatment. I'm ready to go home. If God doesn't heal me, I'm going home. And she said, okay, you know, one of those things, I would hate to see you go, but she knows I would, I would be so depressed and so negative and discouraged if I had to live like that. Nope. So I decided I'm gonna take in the, the treatment. Um, I was gonna, that was the Friday I, I made up my mind. The Monday, I was gonna call the doctor, the oncologist in Dallas and tell them, nope, I'm not doing this. Um, I'm gonna trust God to heal me. Thank heavens, both of the the oncologists were Christian people. They prayed with me, good prayer people, but I still decided I'm gonna take in the uh, treatment. And that's okay. If you wanna take the treatment, it's also okay because God can use medicine to heal people. Just remember that, all right? some, Some people think if you go to doctors or take medicines, you don't have faith. That's nonsense, Just don't put your faith in the doctor. Just don't put your faith in the medicine. Put your faith in God. Right. So the Saturday I was driving home from, I went and bought some food, driving driving home, and I just started crying. Man, I just broke out crying. I was so upset. I was so angry. I couldn't even see where I was driving. I pulled over to the side of the road and heard this voice, Um, and I want to, Tell you this morning, m- most of you will not have heard the voice like I heard the voice of God, and I have been a Christian for 36 years and never heard the voice of God like I heard it that day. We all, we, we as Christians, we most of the time, 99.9% of the time, hear the word of Word of God or the voice of God through that soft Holy Spirit that talks to you. All right, but I did not. I did. That was not that voice. This was a powerful, strong, mighty, full of love, peaceful voice in me, in my whole body was shaking. I I actually said to my wife, I don't think I heard it. I think I felt the voice. You know, when Moses took the Israelites to the mountain of Horeb and, and he said, God wants to speak to you. And God started speaking and the Israelites ran away They said to Moses, we cannot listen to that voice because it sounds like a shofar. It's the sound of a thunder, right? They couldn't listen to the voice. They said to Moses, you listen and come and tell us. That's the kind of voice that I felt that day in my truck as I was sitting there. And God spoke to me um, plain and clear. And he's the first thing he, he addressed me. He said, Hansi, I said, yes, Lord, because I knew it was God. He said, I want to talk to you. I said, okay, God. He said to me, I want to ask you to do something for me. Now, that didn't make sense to me that God asked me because God usually tells you, this is what I want you to do. But then I realized afterwards that if God had told me to do something and I didn't, it would have been disobedience. But God didn't tell me to do something. He asked me to go do something for him. I said, God, I love you. I want to to please you. What do you want me to do? Anything. Mr. Big Mouth. (laughs) God said, I want to ask you to go and take the treatment. And I said, oh God, all those side effects and stuff, can you not just heal me without that? And he said, yes, but I want you to go for a specific reason. I'm asking you to go, not telling you. Would you please go and take the treatment because... I want to use you for those seven weeks to minister to people. Pray for people. Not for everybody, specific people. And God specifically gave me instructions. He said to me, I will send you people. You don't go and talk to people. Ma'am, can I pray for you? Ma'am, sir, can I pray for you? No, you go sit down. I will send the people to come to you. I've got specific people that I want to heal and save. Man, I'm telling you, and then God said to me, but if you don't want to go, it's okay. I'm still going to heal you. But if you do go, I'm also going to heal you and save and heal those people. And typical me, I said, Lord, is there nobody in Dallas that you can find that can do it? <laughs> do you have to get somebody from Tyler? <laughs> and I was serious. And, but you know, God's, God's answer was just as serious. He said, no, there is nobody that wants to go. And I was going to go to Tyler Oncologist. But Tyler Oncologist guy sent me to Dallas so I could have a surgery first. They took out the cut up of my neck here. Yeah, it looked like they wanted to cut off my head. Took out 25 lymph nodes with cancer in. And um, so I landed up there. And that's why God wanted to use me there. So I said, okay, it's a bit unfair telling me that you'll heal me if I don't go and you'll heal me if I do go. I, don't want, I said, I want to go, and I want to please you, so I'll go. But just what about the side effects? What about, you know, I'm a singer, I'm a preacher. I don't want to be a redneck. I don't want to lose my teeth. I don't want to lose my thyroid. I don't want to go deaf, and God said to me, if you go, I'll take care of all the side effects. And I promise you, I'm standing here today. I had no sores in my mouth I did not lose my thyroid. i got all my teeth. I'm not deaf. I sing better than I used to sing. I'm hitting notes that I could not get. Um, They told me I would lose all my hair. I lost so little bit, about a half an inch at the back here, and it grew out darker. I thought, man, maybe I should have lost all my hair. All my hair would go back grew darker. Am I right, um, Mark? Sometimes we don't need this sparkles in the the hair, but... um, My mouth had no sores in. They told me after the chemo every day, I would be so fatigued that I would have to go lie down. Guys, I couldn't lie down. I walked three miles around the hospitals every single day. The doctors and the nurses said, is that you walking every day? I said, yep. I said, how do you do that? I said, God's helping me. And I told those doctors because every day they tell you, this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen. You're gonna get worse. This is gonna get sores in your mouth. You won't be able to swallow. And I said, no, sir, it's not gonna happen. They said, well, then you'll prove us wrong. By the sixth week, the doctor looked at me, he said, you proved me wrong. He said, I cannot believe that you're not fatigued, you have no sores in your mouth, you're not red. He said, God is really looking after you. I said, yeah, but God's using me to pray for people. And I promise you guys, I would walk in here. This is the waiting room, like you are sitting. I won't go sit between people. I'll come and sit right in front here where there's nobody. And somebody would walk in and come sit right next to me. They could come sit anywhere. That come sit right next to me and God will say, pray for her, pray for her. I prayed for so many people that had bre- a woman breast cancer, colon cancer. There was a black man and a black woman that flew all the way from Nigeria. She had breast cancer. And they were sitting there. I had the opportunity to talk to them. And let me, let me tell you something. God can use you in what you're going through. If you go to a dentist, you go to a doctor, just start talking to people next to you and ask them how they're doing. They will spill it out and tell you how sick they are. And that's the opportunity for a child of God to say, yes, but you know, God can heal you. Every person that I prayed for cried in that, in that waiting room. The nurses, after six, seven weeks, knew me. They'd come and say, you busy praying again? Yes, ma'am. Don't make them cry, Okay. But there was Christian music playing the whole time. The doctors were Christians, and I found out the doc, two doctors and all the nursing staff every morning for half an hour had a prayer meeting before we had before we started. With hey, God used me there. God could use you and I in everything. That even if we're going through a problem, don't let devil let the devil steal your witness and your testimony. Let God use you anywhere. And I came through that thing, and I've been for my six um, um, PET scan. Uh, in the month of, what's it now? In in February, and I'm totally clean. I've been clean for a year and a half, almost two years now, and I know that I'm healed. They tell me it's gonna take me five years before I'm in remission. I said, I'll never be in remission, I'm healed. Remission means that it's still there. But I still had to use my faith through all of this, walking around there, listening to scriptures, listening to Christian music, speaking scripture, although God told me, if you go, I'll heal you, I still had to believe because the devil would come with a fear, the devil would come with a worry, with a doubt, is it gonna work? And then I hear the voice, yeah, that's what you heard, maybe it was yourself, maybe it wasn't God. Oh man, the whole time, you gotta keep your mind straight. Listen to me, Christian, and not just with cancer, it's with any disease, any sickness, Any addiction, any problem, keep your mind focused on God. Have faith in God. The Christians are focusing too much on the problem and not on what Jesus had already done 2,000 years ago. Stop looking at what's wrong and and what Satan's doing and start looking at what Jesus had already done for you. Every morning when I walk out of that motel across the cancer, there was a, a motel across the cancer hospital, Every morning when I woke up, I never thought, oh, my goodness, I've got to go for this treatment. Oh, man, I don't, you know. No. You know what, what, is, what was in my mind every morning? Who am I going to pray for today? Who's God going to send my way? I was not focused on the treatment or on the cancer. I was focused on getting people healed and saved, although I was sick myself. I had a 25% stage four chance to live. But I knew, I knew that I knew because God told me he was gonna heal me. Yeah, but Brother hansi you heard that voice. You have the voice of God as well. Do you know that? There it is. You can hear this voice, you can read this voice, and you can get your, your um, faith right up there and believe that God is, has, gonna heal you. You will not die, you will live and declare the works of the Lord, amen. Amen. So I wrote my testimony down in a book. I have the books outside there, and the reason why I'm I'm telling you this is because I have a table there with caps and stuff. You can can give this book to people that have got cancer, and when they read that God can heal other people, it encourages and lifts their their faith up, okay? I want to give this book away. First person to stand up can have a book. Come, Mr. Keyboard Player. Right, enjoy it, okay? The problem that I have is that, that I hear from Christians is this. Okay, you want me to apply my faith when I'm sick, when I need it? salvation, when my husband's not saved, my children are on drugs? Yep, then they, th- then they come with a, this, this question and that this is a lie from the devil as I want to explain some faith to you this morning. I want to lift you up that doesn't matter what you go through, your faith can change it. The devil will most probably tell a lot of Christians they don't have faith. They don't have faith, which is one of the biggest lies. In Romans chapter 12, verse 3, read that with me. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, have a clear mind. Because God has dealt to each one of us that are sitting here A measure of faith. It doesn't matter who you are, you have faith. You walked in here by faith. Some of you drive Chevrolet trucks, and when you start it, you know it's going to start. You have faith. Many of you, when you get into your Ford or your Dodge, you've got to, oh Lord, please let my Dodge start. Lord, my brother. I know that's difficult. But faith, that's why you've got to drive a Chevrolet. You just turn it, and you know it's going to start. But many of you need more faith to start your Dodge and your Ford. That's why, listen, don't, you have faith. <laughs> what, guys, what's your problem? I didn't tell the first uh, service because of the time, but Christians drive Chevrolet because you know what Chevy stands for, right? C-H-E-V-Y. Christians have everlasting victory, (laughs) y'all. Okay, so now we know who's saved and who's not saved, okay, right. You need faith, you have faith, God's given it to you. But Brother Hansi, the second question is, I don't know if I've got enough faith for my husband to get saved. I don't know if I've got enough faith for my healing. I know I've got faith, but I don't know if God can heal me. And people start battling because they think they need massive amounts of faith. Hey, Luke chapter 17, verse 5 and 6. Jesus was standing and the father comes with his little boy and says, my boy's got epileptic seizures. Your disciples couldn't heal them. And Jesus had just given the the disciples authority and power to go heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. And they were doing that. But for some other reason, they couldn't heal the epileptic boy. So they say to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. In other words, give us more faith. Jesus doesn't even answer them in that area. You know what he does say? He says, listen, if you have faith like a mustard seed, Come on, look at me. You know how small a mustard seed is? He says, you don't need more faith. I don't need to give you more faith. I don't have to increase your faith. Do you want more faith? Yeah. Where does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing. Hearing, word of God. You want more faith? Go read the word. But you only need, as Jesus said, you just need the size of a mustard seed. Then you can say to the mulberry tree or the cancer, <clears throat> or the coronavirus, or your financial problem, or your marriage problem. You can speak to any one of those things and be pulled up. You can tell them, and get out of my life, be caught into the sea, or be planted into the sea. And listen to you, that thing will obey you. You know, we Christians have got so much power, we've got so much authority but we're not doing it. We're waiting for God to come and do it. And I'm hearing God saying, what the heck do you want more? I gave you Jesus. I gave you the blood. I gave you the name. I gave you the word, the sword of the spirit. I gave you the Holy Spirit, power, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What do you want me to do? God's given you and I the authority. And the power, come on to trample on serpents and scorpions. And he gave us faith, the shield of faith. Hey, you got so much faith, you got that shield of faith. When Satan goes with these arrows, you can just you can wear off that those arrows with that shield of faith, man. You could use it every single day, and then pluck out the sword and whoop the devil, because he doesn't have a shield. We have a shield. Of faith, he doesn't have no, no, no weapon that he could block anything. When you speak the word of God, Satan's got to drop his hands and he's got to run, him and his de- and his demons, because you bind them in the name of Jesus. You curse them, you destroy them with the word, with the name, with the blood, with the Holy Spirit. Come on, man, stop being a marshmallow Christian. <laughs> I can just hear. And the devil trampling on us. I, I don't think we, I'm under Satan's feet. He's under my feet. Come on, let's start trampling on him. In any case, where am I now? That was not in my notes. <clears throat> so you don't need a lot of faith. You just need the size of a mustard seed. So I said, okay, God, if the Christians know they got faith and they know they don't need, a mountain-sized faith to move a mountain, just the size of a mustard seed faith to move a mountain or a mulberry tree. What is the problem? Why is our faith not working? And let me ask you this morning, to be honest, how many of you have put your faith in God for a certain job or a marriage or finances or sicknesses, and then it doesn't happen, and you think to yourself, my faith's not working? Have you been there before? Oh, I've been there. Because it takes a longer time. I mean, we Christians are, unfortunately, everybody is. Now, I want it now. Now, if, if you pray now, you don't want to wait a bit. While you're waiting, pray for other people. It took me seven weeks before I, my, my, my my uh the radiation and chemo was finished. And I didn't, I didn't, wow, well, it's taking so long. No, in those seven weeks, I worked for God. And I knew God was going to do it. So, God, why is our faith not working sometimes? And this is how God told me to explain it to the people. And I wrote a book about it as well. And I'll give this book away this now. How many of you know what the word hybrid means? Hybrid dies, hybrid. You have cars, motor cars out there that are hybridized cars, hybrid cars, right? That means they're they empowered with two powers, uh, gas and electricity, that's a hybrid car. Got two sources of power, not just one. And it's called hybrid, It's this word hybrid means the same as interbreed, co-breed, cross-breed. Like when you take a seed of an apple and a seed of an orange and you cross-breed or interbreed or hybrid the two seeds. Now what happens when you do that, and you can do this, you can go check it out on, on the, on the uh, YouTube videos, I've seen people do that. You can take an apple, let's take an apple and an orange, and you hybridize the seed. You're gonna get something. It's called it a orpal. for an orange or an apple. orpal. right, this orpal. I don't know what it tastes like. I don't know what it looks like. The problem with the oropil is it doesn't reproduce. It's just two seeds that you hybridize. It cannot reproduce. It's like when you take a donkey and a horse, a, a, a mule, a donkey and a horse, and you interbreed them, you get a mule, right? It cannot reproduce. That's the bad part of it. I, I saw on the, on the YouTube that how they took a banana and a kiwi and they interbred the seeds. Funny thing is the... End result was a yellow banana. When you cut it up open, the inside is green like kiwi. So you can't do it. And they interbreed now, just on a Facebook I saw the other day, they're busy, China is busy interbreeding the DNA or hybridizing the DNA of a person and a monkey. I want to see what comes out there. I don't know why they're doing that, but in any case, these the people are, are crazy. In any case... That's that's what they do now. So you can hybridize a lot of stuff, and you'll get something, but they don't work. It's like uh, let's go a bit d- deeper. And you take uh, animals, uh, a Great Dane and a German Shepherd. These Great Danes and these German Shepherds are pure thoroughbred dogs, right? They are worth a lot of money. You could sh- go and do dog shows with them. You could, and they're puppies cost a lot of money because they thoroughbred. Well, any thoroughbred costs a lot of money and they are, and you can win money and prizes and stuff with them. But guess what? The moment that you take the Great Dane and the German Shepherd and you interbreed them and you get a mutt, I learned that this morning, you get a mutt. In Africa, we call them mongrel dogs. Beautiful little puppies. Oh, you could have them in your house, and you could play with them, and they're great. But guess what happens to that mutt dog? They lose their purity. They lose their power. They you, you, they don't cost as much as the purebred puppies cost. You can't go and show with them because they not they don't have thoroughbred purebred paperwork because they interbred. Now they're not a German Shepherd and a Great Dane. They are. Great shepherd, puppy, mixed, beautiful, but they lost their power. And God said to me, Hansi, that is called hybridizing. I said, okay, Lord. He said, and that's what the Christians are doing with their faith. I give you powerful, pure, thoroughbred faith when I give you the measure of faith. But the devil comes... With another seed. Where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing hearing the word. The, the, hearing the word. The seed of the word. This word is a seed. It's got to get into you. You've got to hear it. Then it turns over into faith and comes out of your mouth. That's what faith is. And faith is then pure, thoroughbred faith from the word. But there comes Satan with his seed. And he wants to interbreed Crossbreed, hybridize your faith so that your faith becomes mutt faith, mongrel faith. It's not thoroughbred faith no more. And the seeds that Satan uses is contaminated seeds. It's usually the seed of fear, the seed of doubt, unbelief, anger, bitterness, hatred, jealousy, whatever, your faith. Well, if you allow it to hybridize and be co-bred, interbred, your your faith will lose its power. Let me give you examples. Um, Matthew chapter 17, 20. Jesus said to those disciples that couldn't heal that little uh, epileptic seizure boy that came to Jesus afterward and said, hey, why couldn't we heal this guy? I mean, we could raise people from the dead and heal the sick and the lepers, but we couldn't heal this little boy from the the, uh, epileptic seizures. Look what Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. Listen, they had faith to raise people from the dead. They had faith to heal leprosy, and they did. But something stopped them from healing the little boy from his epileptic seizures. Jesus said, because of your unbelief. Listen to me, because you took your unbelief, put it in your faith. He said, if you had faith like a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, move from here and go there and it'll move. And guess what, Christian? If you say to cancer, disease, heart problems, sicknesses, marriage problems, whatever, trial and tribulation, if you speak to that thing and command it, move, get out, Without unbelief, and you have mustard seed faith, nothing will be impossible for you. And you see, only one and two of you are saying, yeah, because the rest of you don't believe that. Because the rest of you are saying, well, I've tried that. No, you haven't. Somewhere you've weakened your faith. Somewhere you've hybridized your faith. These people took unbelief and put it in their faith, and their faith weakened that's why they couldn't heal that guy, but they could heal other people before the time because that's when their faith was still pure. So we go from f- pure faith into must, uh, uh, hybridized faith. Then we go up again with muscles uh, w- w- with pure faith and then we come down again because we, because we allow that fear and that anger and the doubt to go in, into our faith and contaminate it and weaken it. Uh, go to M- Matthew 14, 31. Let me give you another example. That was unbelief. Matthew 14, 31, um, they were on the boat, the disciples. Jesus was walking on the water, first man to ever walk on water. And the disciples was in the storm, saw Jesus walking on the water, became afraid and thought he was a ghost. You can go read it. And they cried out. So, So Jesus said, hey, whoa, it's me, Jesus. And Peter, the big mouth, said, okay, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you and walk on the water. So Jesus says, come. And just because of one word, Peter gets out of the boat and walks on the water. Second man to walk on water, right? Did he walk on the water? How did he walk on water? By faith. Where did he get faith from? Hearing. What did he hear? Come. One word from Jesus. Come. One word can give you so much faith that you can walk on water. Jesus didn't preach a sermon to him or say, uh, well, Peter, before you can walk on the water, you've got to have faith. First, go and read chapter 9, 8, and 10 from Acts. They didn't have Acts. They were Acts. Just one word from Jesus, come, gave him enough faith to get on the water and walk, become the second man ever to walk on water. You need one word from God to have enough faith to get healed, saved, set free, delivered, pray for somebody to get whatever your problem is. You, nothing will be impossible for you. So what does Peter do? He's walking on the water, right? What, why? What was the big deal? He was walking in the storm on the storm. The storm was his problem, but he's walking on top of it. Many of you have walked on your problem. You were busy walking on your problem. You were having success. Even though you were in the storm, you were, getting, you were having victory. Peter was on the, walking on the water. The storm couldn't bring him down. What brought him down? Can you remember? He started looking at the waves and the winds, took his eyes off of Jesus, and looked at, what, at, at the circumstances and he started sinking. Thank you, heavens, Jesus was there. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand, caught him, and he said to him, you dumb blonde. What is wrong with you? (laughs) If I was Jesus, I would have said that. I would have said, Peter, are you stupid or something? I gave you a word. You were walking on the water. Why did you fear, O ye of little date? Why did you doubt? I can hear Jesus saying, you had the faith, you were walking on the water, so now you took doubt and you put it into your faith and you sank. Just for the interest's sake, Jesus heard him, O ye of little faith, right? He wasn't saying, O you of small faith, small little faith. That word little there in the Greek If you go look it up, it doesn't mean little in size. It means weakened faith, powerless faith. So he was saying to Peter, you had power in your faith. You were walking on the water. Then you looked around, you took your eyes off of me, you looked at the waves and the seas and you doubted and you let doubt hybridize your faith and you sank. You see how doubt, fear, anger, bitterness, if those seeds hybridize with your faith, contaminate your faith, crossbreed. You can sink while you had victory. How many of you and I have been having victory and then all of a sudden we just sink? Well, because we doubt. It's taking too long. You start questioning God. The doctor says, well, it doesn't look too good. Your husband says he still wants to divorce you. Your son says, Mom, I don't want to stop using drugs. I like using drugs. Oh boy!" And you just thought that, "Oh, your son's going to stop drinking, uh, drinking and drugging now because it looks like it." And then he starts again. And then we give up. Then we start hybridizing our faith, and we sink. Remember Matthew chapter eight twenty six when they were on the boat again and Jesus was sleeping, same thing happened. There was a big storm coming on and what is that they do? And they had the power and authority to say, hey, storm, get away. So they would have to wake up Jesus. If I were Jesus, they would have said, I'm gonna whip you guys. I'm sleeping. Don't you, didn't I give you authority and power? He said to them, why are you fearful? Why are you fearing? Once again, Oh, you of little faith, why did you weaken your faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calmness. Remember what he said to them? Peace be still. And they could have done it. But he said to them, You've weakened your faith. Oh, you of weak faith. Not, not little, weak, powerless faith. Why, did, why are you afraid? Why are you fearful? Come on, guys. We have that faith. So I said, okay, God, so you're telling me, we're hybridizing our faith with fear and doubt, and come on, there's people that get angry because why did God heal Brother Hansi's throat cancer, but my brother or my husband died from the same kind of cancer? So you get angry, and there goes your faith. When you're angry, your faith, a faith crusher is all those contaminated seeds of anger and bitterness and hate and fear and doubt and jealousy. Guys, we got to get that stuff out. I said, okay, God, hybridized faith. You know what hybridized faith sounds like? Some of you pray this way. Oh, Father, thank you. I know you can heal me. I know you're an awesome God. I love you, God. You're good. And I know the word of God says, by your stripes, I am healed. But God, it's been three weeks now, and I'm still not healed. (laughs) Yeah, you haven't even taken the stitches out. How do you know you're not healed? See, we start butting and asking, God, it doesn't look like it's working. You know, I'm praying for my husband to get saved, but the, the old bag just doesn't want to get saved now. He's 80 years old. And I'm praying for my son and my daughter to get off drugs, but they're just getting worse and worse and worse. And we start doubting and we start giving up and we start getting discouraged, all right? And we hybridize them. And hybridized faith is that, God, I know you're a healer, but... I know you can do this, but it doesn't look like it because the doctor said my father had heart problems, my grandfather had heart problems, and I got heart problems. They all died from heart problems, so I'm just waiting to die from a heart problem. But I know you can heal me, God. That's hybridized faith. When you know what the word says, faith, but you mix it with fear, mix it with doubt, mix it with unbelief. So I said, okay, God, so what is the solution here? He said, I've been giving it to you the whole time. Just, just look at Mark chapter 11 quickly, uh, scripture that we all, all, all uh, quote, for surely, God says, I say to you, whosoever, that's all of us, says to this mountain, this disease, this cancer, whatever, to be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will, he will have, he will have whatsoever he says, how many of you have quoted that scripture and then come back and say, well, I'm saying that I'm healed. I'm saying that I want this job and I, and, I, and I don't get it. It doesn't work. Even the big faith people have been quoting the scripture forever, but they never tell the people this. Hey, if you say to this mountain, be removed or this cancer or this trial or whatever the problem is, be removed, be cast into the sea and does not doubt but believes, basically it says this, don't take your doubt and mix it with your faith. You've got to have pure faith believing. Then you will have those things that you say. But you cannot say one thing now. You cannot speak life and death out of the self mouth. Same mouth. You cannot have blessings and cursings coming out of the same mouth. You cannot say, oh, look how sick I am. Oh, the devil that's doing, and they say, I might die from this, but you know, I know God can heal me, and God is such a good God. Thank you for your blood, Jesus. Thank you for your word, but okay, what is it, doc? No, you make up your mind which one. You cannot serve God and mammon. Make up your mind which one you want. Yeah, but Hansi, it's difficult. Who said it was easy? One of the most difficult scriptures in this book is you walk by faith, not by sight. you got to believe something you cannot see, and your children saying, we're hungry, we're hungry, there's no food, and you've got to tell your children, don't worry, God will supply. That's difficult. You're seeing no food, and you're telling your children, but God will supply, and they're crying, that's how hungry they are, and you've got to stick, I've got to walk by faith, the next moment, on the front door, there's somebody, open up somebody with food. That's the most difficult way to live, but that's how we have to live. Otherwise, don't be a Christian. So come on, don't take your doubt and, and, and mix it. So I said, God, what's, what's the real answer here? He says, I've been giving it to you the whole time. Go back to Romans, um, sorry, Matthew 17, with the epileptic boy. <clears throat> so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, you couldn't heal this uh, epileptic little boy. I'm saying to you, Jesus said to him, if you have faith like a mustard seed, a mustard seed, that's when you will say to the problem and the mountain, move from here and it'll move. And that's when nothing will imp- be impossible for you. When you have what? Mustard seed faith. Now we know, we just said, we, that mustard seed is this size. How many, people, have you, how many sermons have you heard on mustard seed? And they've given you the plastic bag with a little seed in, right? You all still got some of those seeds in in, in those plastic bags. Right, we know the size of the mustard seed. We know, God said, there's your answer. I don't want you to have hybridized faith. I want you to have mustard seed faith. The size, and all the other scriptures that we did, Jesus said, mustard seed faith, mustard seed faith. That's what works. I said, okay, God, what is mustard seed faith? He said, you gotta have the size of it. I said, and what else? He said, well, go check it out. Why have, why have you never checked out what a mustard seed can do? So I went to Google. <laughs> I usually don't go to Google because I'm married and i got a wife. She knows everything. <laughs> it's true. I, I just ask my wife. She, she, she'll tell me what to wear. She'll tell me how long I must preach. She tells my, my wife knows everything. And she's not here, so I can say that again. Good. Right. So I went to Google, and I wanted to look what the dimensions are, because I thought, what, what am I going to find on Google with a mustard seed? It's the smallest little seed. It, a big tree grows out. Come on, we know how big the tree is, whatever. And I found five characteristics of it. I'm just going to do one this morning for the other time. You could um, read it in the book, mustard seed book. First person to stand up now can get a book. Come on. And... Um, <laughs> So I went to Google, and guess what I found, guys? Oh my goodness, I've got eight minutes. (laughs) Did you know that a mustard seed is the only seed that you cannot hybridize or interbreed with another seed? You cannot. Oh, you can, it's possible. But guess what happens? (laughs) A mustard seed is so powerful, so strong, that if you take the seed of an apple or broccoli or cucumber or orange and you interbreed it with a seed of mustard seed, the mustard seed is so strong it destroys the other seed and you will always get mustard. You won't get an apple tasting like mustard. The mustard is so powerful it destroys that little seed. I thought, yeah, thank you, Lord. That's why he used mustard seed as an example, not a, olive seed or an apple seed or a grape seed, mustard seed. And God said to me, Hansi, if you can have mustard seed, faith like a mustard seed, the size and the power of it, when that fear seed comes, when the anger seed comes and the doubt, your mustard seed faith will destroy the fear, will destroy the anger, the bitterness, the unbelief, the doubt, everything. And that's where nothing will be impossible for you. I said, yeah, yeah, thank you, Lord. I said, okay, God, but how do I get mustard seed faith? He said, you see, mustard seed faith is not hybrid faith. Hybrid faith is empowered by two sources, by the fear and the word of God. That's hybrid faith. The Faith comes by the word, but you have fear, bitterness, hatred, Unbelief, and it's the two put together. That's hybrid faith. Mustard seed faith has just got one power source the Word of God. This Word of God. There's nothing else. Now, I'm telling you something whatever you're going to go through in your life, the fear will come, the doubt will come, the unbelief will come, anger will come, jealousy. It's going to come because that's the job of Satan. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give us what? Life in abundance. God is not the stealer. God is the healer. And he came to give us life through faith. And the Satan's job is to weaken your faith. You're going to go to heaven even if you've got hybrid faith. You'll just never get healed here. Nothing will work here. And you don't know why. Meanwhile, God said, don't fear. That's why. When fear comes, you've got to say, no. I, my faith is empowered by the word. What does the word say? Oh, the word says, I don't have to fear. I don't have a spirit of fear. I have power, love, and a sound mind. When doubt comes, the word says, Jesus says, hey, don't you be doubt. You just believe. All things are possible for him that can believe. When the, when, when the devil says, oh, well, you know, God's not going to heal you because your father died, you say, shut your face, devil. I curse those dim, uh, uh, generational curses for my grandfather, my father, and my brothers. I will not die from a heart problem. I cut loose that thing. So you've got to empower your faith, and mustard seed faith has got to come out of your mouth. And this is what mustard seed sound, uh, faith sounds like. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what the scan says, I don't care what they say, I don't believe what I see out there, I believe the word of God. Is it easy? Oh, no, it's very hard, but it's worth it. If you're not going to do it, you're going to have faith that's um, mixed up and mustard seed and uh, not must, uh, a, a mutt faith, which is contaminated, and it's not going to work, and you're not going to give yourself a fair chance to be healed. Get into this word, and you start quoting. If you've got financial problems, get scriptures. If you're sick, get scriptures. If you've got marriage problems, get scriptures. And keep your faith pure. And when you know you're afraid, and when you know you're angry, or you know you're doubtful, stop and command that spirit of doubt. Command that spirit of unbelief. Get out of my body. Get out of my mind. I will will believe. And you fight this good fight of faith. And give yourself a fair chance to be whole and to be healed, okay? If you want to read more about it, I I cannot um, tell you more because of the time. Just know that God wants you healed. God wants you, there goes my water. That's okay. Thank you, man. God wants you healed. God wants you saved. And give him a big clap this morning. Come on. Come and stand with me quickly. What i want to do is i want to pray with everybody right now. And then, please, if you have a need this morning, don't look at me. Don't say, well, I've been out here so many times and I've been prayed for and nothing works. Get that spirit of doubt and fear out right now. now I don't know if I can walk down here and let, they, and let them pray for me. What, are you afraid? That's what we just said now. Your face not going to work if you're afraid. Get the afraid. Get afraid. Apply your mustard seed faith this morning. Come out here. There's going to be a prayer team. I'll come down here and I'll pray for you as well. People with back problems, people with any problem. If you need quickly, come out and stand here. Let the people pray for you while the team plays. Come on. If you're not saved this morning and you or you're backslidden and you want God to touch you, freshen you, come out if you have a need for, other, for, your, for some of your family, finances, whatever it is. Let God move this morning, please. And don't be shy don't be angry don't be bitter get those things out there and let god move all right everybody put your hands up like us father in the mighty name of jesus christ i come against all cancers all growths all tumors all viruses all infections all inflammations and and germs, thank you Lord, we can curse any satanic, demonic attack on our bodies. We can command our bodies this morning to be whole and to be healed. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, and I break off all generational curses of sickness that the doctors have spoken over us. I break that spirit of death and killing and murdering and stealing from Satan. And I command you, get out. We are gonna have mustard seed faith. We are gonna believe God, have faith in God. And thank you, Lord, that you touch people this morning that are not saved, people that are sick this morning. Heal them immediately right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I give you praise for that. You will touch our family members and our friends as well, our jobs, our our, our vehicles, our finances. Bless the church. Bless um, um, Pastor Nathan and Ellie and them and all the uh, the. Board members and the elders, thank you that you bless them. Let them grow. We're going to have faith. We're not going to go by what we see. We're going to believe God to increase and raise up and multiply in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said amen. Come on, give him a clap this morning. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Come, if you have a need this morning while the team is singing, let us pray for you quickly. Come. Thank you, Father God. Amen, amen, amen.